0: Good evening and welcome to the 26th episode of Leadership Conversations in the Development Sector. The social impact sector is full of passionate leaders with innovative outlooks on the world's greatest problems. Our leadership conversations focus on the unique insights offered by these leaders as they share their experiences and move the development sector forward. Our host, Go Barefoot, is an interactive web portal dedicated to the social sector. It brings together individuals, NGOs, NPOs, and the CSR arms of organizations with the mandate of creating a one-stop information website for both networking and knowledge sharing. We are supported by Catalyst, an NGO, which has been preparing young women for leadership roles to create equality in opportunities and bridge the gender gap. Also, we are supported by third-sector partners, India's only executive search firm, exclusively for the development sector. Our guest today is one of the leading lights in the development sector. I would like to extend a warm welcome to Shrians Bandari, founder and CEO Green Soul. Shrians is an Indian. Hi.
1: Wonderful being here.
0: Same here. So Shriyans... Author and co-founder of Greensoul, he has done Bachelor's of Management Studies in Finance from Jayanth College Mumbai, and MSM Entrepreneurial Leadership from Babson College Franklin W Olin. Shyans is an ardent marathon runner who ran in eighty-five long-distance races. He started as an athlete from Mumbai and ran hundreds of kilometers each year, and in the process, he went through several pairs of sports shoes. He noticed wasted sneakers that had no future life, just increasing the pollution. This passion gave him a unique business idea of recycling the used shoes. In 2015, Shriyansh and his friend decided to recycle old footwear and founded Greensole. Greensole recycles the used shoes and molds them into new slippers. He is also the director and board member of Heritage Girls School. Mr. Bhandari is also a TEDx speaker in conversation with Mr. Bhandari is Sheetal Kakkar Mehra, leadership expert and executive presence coach for CEOs. Sheetal has trained over 75,000 professionals across Asia and has personally coached over thousand CXOs in the past two decades. She has conducted workshops for diverse organizations across Asia and has been invited as a speaker by leading B-Schools and professional associations. She's a best-selling author and her latest best-selling book, Executive Presence, The Poise Formula for Leadership is India's first research-based formula on the leadership skills. Sheetal is an active philanthropist and a social entrepreneur. We welcome you, Srians, and I now hand it over to Sheetal. Thank you. Thank you, Anjali. Welcome, shreyansh We are very excited to hear your views.
2: And I'm going to start out by, with my first question, which is that you started your journey as a philanthropist in 2015 when you were in your early 20s. That's pretty young. Since then, of course, you have uh, donated hundreds of thousands of pairs of shoes to underprivileged and uh, your startup green soles, of course, recycles used shoes, which is a phenomenal idea. You also set up a center, which is very interesting, in Jharkhand with Tata Steel, to train tribal women in recycling old footwear. So a couple of things. First of all, um, although Anjali's uh, you know, um, introduction gave us a sneak peek into why you started this, but tell us a little bit more about your passion for this cause. And secondly, as a social entrepreneur, highlight a few challenges that you faced in the initial part of the journey. So yes, over to you.
1: So we started uh, when I was 19 years old, even Ramesh who's the co-founder was of similar age. And uh, at that time in 2015, I think social entrepreneurship, Uh, and uh, social cause wasn't, even CSR wasn't that prevalent. Sustainability, social cause has become much more uh, well-known now, people are looking for such startups and doing, taking up such causes actively. And uh, being athletes, Ramesh and I used to throw away old shoes and uh, because I was into photography, running, different things, so I always wanted to do, wanted to, you know, take up ideas and take it to the next level so as soon as i came up with this idea i saw ramesh who was trying to mend his shoes so it stayed with me that you know why are shoes what is happening to shoes what happens at the end of their life is someone taking care of this particular problem so it stayed with me and then i did research and found to my surprise that millions of shoes go to landfill while so many people don't have a pair of footwear And in Africa and different countries, people even uh, uh, get infected by not wearing footwear. Through contamination, they get various diseases. Even in India, the situation is not much better. So this is what prompted us that our particular problem of throwing away old shoes, if we find out a way of converting it and reusing it, it can be helpful to millions of people. That's what really motivated us and um, i'm glad that i was able to take that first step of converting this idea into a social enterprise but at that time we were just passionate about this idea and we just wanted to solve our own problem of not throwing away old shoes later on we discovered that it can help so many people and we are happy that we've been able to reach about half a million people who have got these shoes and it's also half of half million people who half million shoes would, would have ended up in landfills. So it's environment plus social cause. And about the skill center that you mentioned, that is our economic uh, good vertical, which is we try and employ women from tribal locations into making these footwear. So we are targeting economic good by skill centers, social good by donating footwear, and environmental good by recycling. So we are targeting these Super. three. So tell us a
2: couple of challenges that you faced initially, like what, um, while it's a great idea. And of course you mentioned that you were trying to solve your problem of not throwing old shoes, but, uh, for our young entrepreneurs, who would be our listeners and the audience, uh, if you could highlight, like what was initially one of the biggest challenges that you faced in making this
1: model work? So uh, we were very young, uh, in our, uh you know, just 19 years old. So we didn't know about entrepreneurship, manufacturing, because recycling requires a setup where you can go, you can collect shoes. It requires a supply chain. It requires raw material. It uh, requires a complete set of things which have to come together. And then only your process can work. Plus you need a model where you can get funds and upcycle them. So we were complete right. outsiders to this industry. So we didn't have any, uh, like funds to uh, put into the venture. We didn't have any technical background, even uh, when we were recycling, people refused that we can't work on old shoes that, you know, Mm -hmm. it is a religion. So we were facing a lot of hurdles, but uh, being young people, you know, we were like, okay, we have to make this work anyhow. And we didn't think of these things as challenges and just took it up as small problems, which were um, stepping stones so we got experts from uh, Kolkata FDDI who could help us in this we participated in uh, startup competitions at IIT Bombay we won a competition which gave us about three lakhs and some other competitions at that time it was a big amount and once we got this prize money we were like now we have to utilize it into building this venture so we solved our technical financial uh, all these challenges we sorted out our model also we got uh, corporates who could fund us under their CSR, later on we got retail, uh, we went into recycling solutions for companies. But I think the initial phase is really challenging where, yeah. uh, you know, but you have to overcome it and get started. Once you get started, then there's a lot of uh, help which is available. But So much is- passion,
2: yeah, so much enthusiasm and motivation to keep going. That in itself is um, very challenging and many people give up at that stage. But uh, wonderful that you kept going and it's uh, helped a lot of people. Now, you're a very multifaceted person. You run a girls' school in Udaipur, which is one of the leading schools in India. And uh, please share with our listeners how you managed to juggle an NGO activity on one side and education on the other, both of which are very, um, very inspiring. So, yeah, we would love to hear from you.
1: Both are actually startups. They are about uh, five to seven years old. For a girls school, it is still young, you know seven years old school. And I learn a lot from both these things. From a startup, I learn innovation. from uh, running a girls school, I learn organization, team building and different things. And I earlier started with uh, Green Soul and uh, I used to be in Bombay and handle that uh, venture and then my family came up with the school uh, heritage Girl school which is uh, which is uh, then uh, was handed over to me to handle it so i took it up as a positive step that uh, you know you can manage multiple things you require processes uh, which you need to put in place and uh, it teaches you a lot of perspective and uh, i think i took it up as a challenge And since five years, I've been managing both these things. And uh, I'm learning from both of them and uh, implementing the learnings at both the places.
2: Wonderful. And yet you found time to write a book on the birds of Arabini. So clearly a multifaceted person. So tell us very quickly, what was the reason to, uh, you know, I know you're a photographer, but uh, a photo essay on that subject. Just share with our audience.
1: Sure. I've written another book after that on entrepreneurship okay. <laughs> that was while running girls school and uh, green soul and regarding the first book uh, as i said i like uh, taking up things to the next level so i was interested in photography so instead of leaving it there i uh, went on and uh, made a book my father also inspired me that uh, you know don't leave it at photographs share it with people make it into a format which can stay on for a long period of time so that's what motivated me to writing this uh, Birds of Arawlis, which is a coffee table book. And also uh, I learned a lot in that process. I learned about pricing. I learned about, you know, managing vendors, which would later help me in green soul. So it's it's always good to take up challenges, especially when you are young, you can do a lot of things. Yeah. And, uh,
2: yeah wonderful superb now uh, my next question is uh, connected to being an entrepreneur and it's great that you've written a book on it so you as a young entrepreneur what is the biggest risk that you took in your career and what was your biggest learning from that risk that you took
1: i think uh, being in bombay and you know convincing my parents that i can do this startup I practically don't have even uh, one month's uh, you know job experience. I've never worked uh, under someone. I've directly the only work experience I have is with Green Soul and with Girl School. So uh, that was the big challenge, but it has paid off because I was able to learn on the job. I was uh, not uh, trained, so I was able to uh, make my own path, make my own decisions, your own. Um, uh, you know learnings so it has really paid off for me and i think whenever you get clarity on what you want to do you need not stop you just uh, want to you should go ahead and uh, start off that thing you shouldn't wait for the right time for the right uh, experience to come to you i think it will eventually happen so
2: you learn on the job and as you go along you keep solving the problems and bigger problems, smaller problems, but that's a super piece of advice of, uh, from a young entrepreneur. Now the interesting bit is that technology has played a game changer in uh, and we've seen, especially during the pandemic and uh, yeah, it's changed the way we interact, the way we connect, the way we, um, you know, do business. So in your opinion, any, um, any insights you can give on technology, how it has played a great game changer for green souls, and uh, you know how you have leveraged it to uh, reach more people. Yeah, Shar, can you uh, can you hear me? Yeah. So I was yeah, I asking it. how technology has played a game changer for green souls. So yes, please share with our listeners uh, something around along those lines.
1: So we've been into recycling for five years now, and apart from footwear recycling, we were able to get into apparel recycling, the retail of sustainable footwear. So I think it's not, uh, you know, what has been key for us is not stopping at one place. We've always, uh, been innovating. We've always been into, uh, uh, getting into different kind of innovation related to recycling. So I think uh, innovation is quite key, enthusiasm and a long-term vision.
2: And uh, Mistakes, failures, learnings, is it okay to make a mistake? Does the development sector actually have an ecosystem where mistakes can be made? So tell us a little bit about that. And when you look back at uh, your uh, short, brief career of seven years where you've achieved so much, what according to you was one of the mistakes that you made and um, you know so yes tell us more because failures mistakes demotivates people but uh, people would be very excited to hear what are the failures mistakes you made and what you learned from them
1: definitely at uh, some points in time we felt like quitting because we were not able to get even the basics right of how to upcycle a single pair. But it's because of the persistent persistence that we kept going. We were able to get experts. We were able to do tie ups, which taught us a lot about manufacturing more than what we could ever learn. And in terms of mistakes, I think there's none I regret and there's none that we couldn't learn from and uh, get up. So I think that the biggest learning that uh, you know, we've not, we've been very enthusiastic and we've not uh, taken any challenge as the full stop. So it's been only commas in our journey, which have uh, led us till this stage.
2: Wonderful. Nicely put. Now, as a leader in the social impact space, you have seen uh, poverty up close. You've also seen the inequalities in India. So please share your views on uh, both these topics because of the fact that you interact with people who actually cannot even afford a pair of shoes and for whom old recycled shoes is something that they get by. So yes, please share with our audience um, something around the lines of poverty and inequality that you have witnessed and uh, some insights on that.
1: Yes, we've been really lucky to go on ground and. Donation drives, and uh, we are also happy to make a tangible difference where we see students coming barefoot. And once they get a pair of footwear by evening, uh, you know, it makes a big difference in their life. And uh, I think there is in- inequality in India, and uh, you know, like you have a multi story building, but few houses later, you know, you have people who can't afford even the basics. So that is the condition in our country. So I think we should follow charity begins at home, where we should actually get on the ground and look around and help people only when agree we lend you. a helping hand. And-
2: yeah. Superb. Yeah, I agree with you completely, but also donor profile has changed drastically. Now we have a lot of people who are very energetic, very motivated, who are very enthusiastic about charity something that we didn't see a couple of decades ago of course economic progress is a part of the reason that we are seeing this but the fact is that mindset has also changed lots of young kids today talk about sustainability we also hear words like young philanthropy collaborative philanthropy so tell us a little bit more about your views on these um, phrases that we keep hearing
1: Very much because the startup culture is uh, brewing in India. We have a lot of tech billionaires. We have, uh, you know, shark tank. We have a lot of young entrepreneurs who have uh, crypto entrepreneurs who have uh, become really rich and they are getting into philanthropy. And apart from that, uh, there's a lot of social enterprises also, which were not there five years back and there's also mandatory CSR the government has implemented. So from the corporate side, from the young entrepreneur side, from the cultural side, I think from all these areas, there's a lot of focus on social entrepreneurship. charitable causes, which is uh, really great.
2: Want to change the world, want to save the world and want to reduce the poverty and the inequality, which is anyway drastically increasing with every day that goes by and covid has also shown a recovery which is um, increase the gap so yes thank you and it's wonderful to have young entrepreneurs uh, you know who want to change the world now what is your one piece of advice to young entrepreneurs in our audience our listeners who uh, on how they should uh, manage their career or move with passion for a cause that they want to see? Support. look back at your career uh, can you share your journey with them
1: so one piece of advice will be uh, not waiting and getting started not waiting for the right experience right time and uh, disbelieving your uh, you know gut feeling which is also really important what you really feel about the idea and uh, don't be afraid of sharing your idea with others. Sometimes we feel, you know, if we share our ideas in the initial days, it can get copied, but no one can copy your enthusiasm and the genuinity. So be fearless and move ahead. I think that's
2: wonderful. uh, And also, I guess collaborate because you are, you have a co-founder who's as passionate about the cause as you. So yes, I guess work together, share your ideas. Don't um, procrastinate. Don't wait to get started. Get started and then handle the challenges. Superb pieces of advice from you. Thank you so much, Ryan. We have questions from the audience. So we have Adya from Third Sector Partners who has a very interesting question. So could we have the spotlight on Adya, please? Yes, Adya.
1: So good to hear about uh, you know the entire journey that you've uh, had with both your startups, uh, you know Green Soul as well as the school, and um, I you know I was wondering uh, recently there are a lot of uh, a lot of companies and a lot of people uh, social entrepreneurs who who've uh, gotten into sustainability. Similarly, I just wanted to know your thoughts about uh, various organizations which are getting into sustainability, particularly in the footwear business. Um, could you also share some uh, examples of companies who are into that and uh, you know, what is the easiest for you to market it out? How do you uh, market it to general public as well? So like uh, what happened in the automobile sector, the shift from diesel to electric. Similarly, in the footwear space and also FMCG, in all places, packaging, manufacturing, uh, everyone is moving into suspension.
2: Shriyansh, we lost you there. Uh, Could I just request you to repeat that last sentence? I think we lost uh, reception there.
1: uh,
2: Shriyansh, could we request you to repeat the last couple of sentences? We lost reception there. I guess he'll be back in a he'll couple of seconds. With this yeah. Video, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I think he'll log in. Sakshi? Yes, yes, she can. Okay, I think we we'll yeah, have, we'll have to announce him, him in. in. Yes we are connecting with him. we will check. Yes. Yeah. Yes in the meantime definitely a superb question, Adya. Um, on sustainability, yes, and how companies like even Adidas are today talking about uh, yes. sustainability in footwear. Yes, Sri Ansh, welcome back, we were just discussing uh, how even global giants are talking about sustainability in footwear. So yes, over to you.
1: Very much, I think uh, even we have partnered with Adidas into to actually recycle okay. about 40,000 pairs with us annually okay Uh, so all these defects rejects instead of uh, uh, discarding them it comes back to us recycled and then donated to children in need so they're able to fulfill you know environment plus social good and uh, i think like i was saying earlier like uh, the shift which has happened from diesel to electric similarly in the footwear space fmcg manufacturing or everyone wants to move into sustainability and even the customers are demanding it as a feel-good factor now but later i'm sure they'll even understand you know everyone will start understanding the importance Uh, the government also wants it so overall the shift is bound to happen sooner or later everything uh, you know next 10 years uh, we will you know we'll discard anything which is not sustainable so there's a big change which is about to happen and we are uh, happy to be in a space uh, which is you know we're into sustainability and social cause so this is uh, going to trend in the next 10 years also i think and a lot of people are joining hands corporates there's a lot of help available and in footwear sustainability we've seen startups who are making footwear out of uh, polythens we've seen brands like uh, different brands which are making footwear from tires tires yes. Other brands, uh, which are like, even if we talk about green sole, we are making footwear out of shoelaces, vine court. We are using uh, uh, like cactus leather, bio based. Even in the soles, we are using a mix of wood and different granules. So, we are trying to achieve 70 80% sustainability in our footwear. And soon we aim to become, uh, we even aim to make a footwear which is uh, biodegradable. Oh, so, made wow. out of a single material. And you can use it, and then uh, if you put it in your uh, backyard, you know, it's gone in 15 days. So, we do Super. plan to achieve it at some point <laughs> in time. It's an ambitious goal. Lovely. But yes. Either, you know, if there's a shoe, either we upcycle it or we make it uh, biodegradable. So, that will be a group goal Correct. maybe by 2025 or uh, 2028, maybe
2: sounds phenomenal wonderful we look forward to that and we have a final question thank you from, thank uh, you Stratz. yeah we have a final question from sarangas so could we have the spotlight on saranga please hi son you're on mute yes. could you unmute yourself oh i'm so sorry yeah so hello sriyansh and it's been wonderful hearing uh, you and your journey is really inspirational so I just have one question. Uh, I have read that you have set up a skill center in Jharkhand, uh, upskilling center for, uh, with the tribal women. So I just wanted to know, uh, have you faced any challenges while working with or while setting up the center or while working with this woman and how have you overcome them and any learnings which you would like to share with us uh, during this process? Uh,
1: so these have been women which were previously unemployed unskilled so it took us a much longer time to actually train them but uh, we were very determined that we want people who are who are uh, locals from there whom we could employ and provide a job and it has really changed their life now they have much more confidence you know they they're someone who gets a paycheck every month they've learned a skill also which is lifelong now uh, they can even start uh, entrepreneurship venture where they can you know make footwear and sell it and export it or work in a footwear factory so skilling creates a tremendous impact yes. and uh, we can be also doing uh, recycling and donation but nothing creates more employee uh, more uh, impact than uh, teaching someone a skill you know they can earn a living using that skill uh, lifelong so we we'll definitely engage as much skilling as possible in all fields.
2: Wonderful. Wonderful. Thank Great question, Saranga. Thank you so much. Uh, we've run out of time. And uh, thank you, Shayan. It's been wonderful chatting with you. And uh, we've really enjoyed uh, interacting and hearing your views on so many issues. Uh, and uh, a big, big thank you to our audience for logging in. And uh, thanks once again and wishing you all the best. Thank you.